2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, where we talk about video games, nerd shit, and just catch up for the week. I am your co-host, Mike, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, back again for another week of exciting video game stories and shit. <laughs> exciting shit, indeed. Speaking exciting of exciting, shit. we're looking at each other's faces right now. Oh, yeah. Through the power all of... your face holes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Through the power of technology, <laughs> which took way longer than it should have. Right. But I like it. I, th- I mean, we're not in the same room, but I like that, you know, maybe we'll have a better better dynamic. Maybe one day we'll get that studio that we can right. record in. But it, until mm-hmm. then, this will work. This will work. Yeah. And you're looking great this week, Derek. How are you feeling this week? What's going on with you this week? Man, I'm feeling kind of burnt out, man, honestly. Oh. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of, like, thrifting or work in general this week. I was really just kind of chilling out and playing video games for most of the week, which is great you. for the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in my flea market that I sell out of, like, actually having an outdoor vendor event tomorrow, and I've been signed up for it, but I haven't been getting anything together for it because I was going back and forth with whether or not I wanted to do it. And then today he's like, hey, man, I'm getting the extension cord, so you're going to have power. So I'm like, fuck, I definitely have to do it now because <laughs> I can have my TV set up and my system set up, have some games lined up. And, you know, I only paid 25 bucks for the spot to do it. So if I sell one system, then that's money. Do you need help with I'm that or gonna... anything like to move shit or set up, man? I'm free tomorrow. Um, I can help you out. Huh. That would be nice. I don't really. Hmm. Let's talk offline. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're my brother, man. I'm going to help you out. Yeah, Don't worry about it. I've got a lot of stuff, and i got to move like a chair over there for me to sit in. And well, let's, let's and fucking go. This is what friends right. are for. Look, yeah. Let's do it. Well, I'm excited. That sounds like a lot of fun. Go yeah, ahead, actually, and since we're going to have like the TV hooked up, like mm-hmm. bring a chair, and we can fuck around and play game- <laughs> games. I love it. Let's hours. demo that shit. You need to buy this. Look how much fun we're having. Right. God damn we, it. Buy our we games. sports, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah, bowling. That, <laughs> that honestly sounds like a blast. I'm here for it, man. All right, yeah. Fucking come yeah, see player two at the booth. Ooh, come yeah. see us at the booth. All right. Well, let's see. You know, I have an update on the Xbox Series X. More games that won't play on that fucker. Oh, my God. So, Rock Band and Guitar Hero. None of them. What? I kind of get it because, you know, copyright and bullshit. Maybe they just didn't want to mm-hmm. deal with it. But that actually spurred me to go to that list. You know, when it's like, you can't play this game. Go to this website and check to see what you can play. And I'm like, you know what? Finally, I'm going to do that. (laughs) This is disappointing. The list, by the way, that they get, the URL they give you, really hard to navigate. So I just went to a wiki. Mm. And the wiki says that of the 996 Xbox original games that are available, only 42 are playable on the Series X. Damn. That's rough. The 2,154 Xbox 360 games, 577 are playable on Series X. Better than PlayStation, but by how much, you know? Right. I don't know. I mean, plus PlayStation now, I feel like it does have a pretty robust backwards library, but I don't, I didn't look in to see what the numbers are comparable. We we would never even try it for ourselves. No. (laughs) Fuck PlayStation now. That looks like a waste of time. Game Pass. That's where it's at. Yeah. But yeah, that that kind of sucks. I wish there was more backwards compatibility, to be honest, with the Series X. That's part of the reason why I got the X mm. instead of the S. Still, it is what it is. I did research, of course, because I know eventually I'm going to want to try to play some of my older games on there. But yeah, just some aren't available. So know that going in, if you have like a robust physical 360 and original library, Xbox One, you don't have to worry about, of course. That's all playable. But you have the 360 and the Xbox original games, maybe look up the list, see just how much of your collection is playable and whether or not that will tip you towards getting the disc-based version versus the S. Of course, there's that power difference too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something the PlayStation 5 does not offer is a little baby PlayStation 5, little for babies right. who play the games. <laughs> you know, it's just as powerful on the disc and disc-less. That's the only, that's the only two options they have. The right. S being a little bit cheaper because they cut some of that power, which I get. Not everybody cares mm-hmm. about graphics, right? right? I'm not even sure if I do half the time, but, you know, why not? Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of beautiful, beautiful graphics, this is not a video game, but holy crap, did it give me similar feelings. 
the Star Wars Vision trailer. Oh my God. Where do we begin? The unadulterated <laughs> joy on your face right now. See, this is why we need Man, the video I chat. Yeah, I swear. When I saw it, I was like, what is Star Wars Visions? And I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's the anime Star Wars. <gasps> oh! And then, like, being such an anime nerd, seeing all of the different styles, I was like, oh, that's from this studio, and that's from this studio, and this is the studio that does this. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the studio that did Kill a Kill, because I can tell. <laughs> like, I know that art style, and it just, oh, where do I start? It's so, it just, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It looks fabulous. The trailer was super hype. So hype. The one I'm most excited for is the black and white kind of sketched out one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy, lightsaber, he stops it with the force, which we've never seen before. I feel and like we have. I, I feel like I remember seeing something like that. Stopping a lightsaber with the force? Well, hmm. maybe not. It did, it did give me a vision of, do you remember The Last Jedi where I think, or maybe it wasn't The Last Jedi, but it was one of the, the recent trilogy. It was either Luke Skywalker or it was Ben Solo, a.k.a. what's his name? Wah, wah, baby, Sith. Yeah, big chest. Uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just want to lay on his massive chest. Anyways, Kylo Ren. It was one of those two that like stopped a blaster fire with the Force. Yeah. Who did uh-huh. that? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, shit it was. was it, shit was dope. Wait, man. no, 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 no. So in The Last Jedi, they were shooting all the spoilers for The Last Jedi. Right. <laughs> all the ATATs were shooting the lasers at Luke, mm-hmm. and he didn't stop any of them because he was a force projection. Right. So it wasn't so, that. But somewhere right. in the somewhere in that in the, the, in the force series of, movies. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. In the Force Awakens, Kylo Ren in like the opening scene stops a blaster. Yeah. Fucking boss, dude. That was cool. Right. That was exactly. cool. And they did that multiple times in this Visions trailer. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's never going to be badass. That shit is dope. It's never not going to be badass. I completely agree. Yeah. It, I mean, so for those who don't know, Star Wars Visions is kind of like the Animatrix. Or I think Batman did this, too. Do you remember what that uh, was called? Was Gotham Knight? It might have been. It's where yeah. you tell a bunch of different stories around the subject. So, you know, the Matrix or Batman. In this case, Star Wars. But you use a bunch of different animation studios. So it's like an anthology mm-hmm where you get to see the different art styles and the different stories from that universe, which I, that never not hits. That never not hits. The Animatrix, and then by extension Batman, they did it fantastically. I loved it. And the fact, I mean, this may have been done before, but I'm not such a Star Wars nerd that I'd be able to point it out, but I feel like I haven't seen Japanese studios, especially animation studios, uh, tackle the Star Wars universe. Right. And I'm so keen on seeing that perspective and from that trailer that's a proof of concept that sells me even more right yeah wow disney plus Er earning that remember when i was complaining about disney plus remember like Uh a year ago and i was like fucking disney plus bullshit i've seen all this stuff (laughs) bring more and then it was like oh okay dropped 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 every month there's something new and hype and amazing fine here here (laughs) take all this awesome shit so, yeah, I'm, I can't be more excited. Visions, fucking, that's September. Do you remember when it's coming out? I think it's September. I don't remember the date. Like though. mid-September. Yeah, look it up. Mm-hmm. Mid-September. Come on, guys. Yeah, We're going to Google everything for you. The fucking uh, <laughs> lightsaber umbrella. <laughs> right. <laughs> they spinning around. That was really cool. Oh, so badass. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of badass, we got the second episode of What If this week. And this time around, it was What If... T'Challa was picked up by the Ravagers instead of Peter Quill. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. It was very enjoyable. I liked it more than the first episode simply because it was a new story. The first episode was basically Captain America if Peggy Carter was Captain America. Yeah, this one deviated a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. And again, it gave me that feeling of we're going along too fast. I want something longer. You know, I got some interesting feedback while we're on the subject. One of uh, listeners of the show, his name is Dan, he had reached out to me via messenger and said, hey, you know, I don't really like the idea of a full length movie on these. And I mean, I kind of talked myself out of it when I was discussing Mm -hmm. it last week. So I agree with him there. But he also said, I'm not really sure if I'm into introducing new characters on this show, because the whole idea is taking familiar concepts that, you know, and familiar characters and swapping them around. So if you put too much new in there, it doesn't really have the same effect. I get where yeah. he's going with it. I still think, to your credit, though, we can introduce maybe lesser known or explored characters within the context of the universe, even if the story focuses on somebody we already know. Like, right. 
for instance, this, and let's start the light spoilers now. We're not going to completely yeah. spoil episode two, but if you want to go in super fresh, maybe skip ahead. But they had Howard the Duck, voiced by Seth Green again, which was really cool to see. Howard the Duck was barely in it, but he was in it a little bit, and that was neat. Mm -hmm. I like that. But uh, yeah, as far as... I know I went off on a tangent there. You were discussing the episode. As far as liking it better and all the different stuff they did, I mean, what really stood out to you or what did you enjoy? The characterization of a lot of the different characters, especially... uh, I don't even want to spoil it. One character that shows up and is just like... Your eyes, I know you're my talking eyes about. got so huge, and I was like, "What? This is crazy!" And there was this, this running great. joke where he's like trying <laughs> to explain his, um, yeah, his main theology to everybody, and they're like, eh, uh, "That, that actually yeah, kind of sucks." <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's it's good." And they're like, "No, it sucks." Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're kind of a piece of shit, but I'll, I'll, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna give you my number. <laughs> I, I like that. Let, let's hold off on that because that was kind of a big reveal. I almost felt like it was too much because there's so much baggage with that character, and you're like, "Okay, oh, wait." wait does this character know these other characters now or did they never meet them or did they meet them but never interact with them on a certain level right a lot of stuff was weird what i really liked is how the ravagers kind of were immediately inspired by t'challa's nobleness and i mean they're already there's a ravager code and you can already tell that they're decent as a group but we know that yondu went rogue and he got into child trafficking which is why he got kind of exited out of the ravager group to begin with but sure. this kind of gets him back on the right path. I think there's a section where Yondu, in order to keep T'Challa, does some dirty shit. And it's quickly explained away and quickly forgiven and then glossed yeah. over when they meet up with people at the end. And I didn't really like that. I was like, that doesn't really sit with me. But yeah. for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And like you said, it was so deviated that it was just a fun to watch to see how it would unfold. Like I, It was, hard to pre- it was a lot harder to predict. I'll oh, say yeah, that definitely. And this version of the collector, mm-hmm. I want to. I like that. I really yeah. like that. Good stuff for sure. I don't mm-hmm. think it was Benicio del Toro again, unfortunately. Uh, it may have been. Really, we'll have to look into that yeah. because if it's true, he has really cut out his accent. He used to not yeah. be able to hide it so well when he first got into acting. You know, like I don't. I won't say first got into because I don't know when he first started. But when I first started seeing him in American movies, which is probably about 30 years ago, actually, mm. he, his accent was thick. Yeah, <laughs> like, I haven't it was seen really him. hard for him to hide it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen him in a lot of movies, I think. And it's a little bit of a tangent, but my favorite movie that he was in is The Wolfman. That came yeah. out in, like, I think it was 2012-ish or something. Maybe even longer ago than that. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I really like that movie. Him and Anthony Hopkins, I think, killed it in that. But uh, moving on from that. What if starting off really strong and hopefully these next episodes can give us some good stuff to talk about week to week. If it's anything like this episode, then I'm going to keep on enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it too. I don't think it's, I think you have to suspend a lot of build up and a lot of not belief, but you have to suspend trying to rationalize every single decision. It is mm-hmm. just kind of a fun put together. Like what if this happened and that happened and if you think too long on the characters as you know them, their characterization, their motives, then it starts to unravel a little bit. So I just sit back and try to have fun with it. And I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah. So and one, I, oh, sorry. I'm not I was just going to say, I feel like it's a small step below like the live action MCU stuff, just in terms of quality and flow, but not by much. It just feels that much more different to me. Like it feels like it's more palatable for someone who. It's just going in like, I accept everything you present to me as it is without having to like right. be too critical of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, because I had I had a couple of those thoughts where I was like, well, why didn't he just take him back? Because it doesn't yeah. make sense. And then yeah. they explained it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 really hold, yeah. It's not very wrong. But yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So speaking of Marvel, the final Eternals trailer actually dropped this week. And I had a chance to check it out. So did you. What did you think? I think it looks great. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, you know, personalities saying it looks like a CGI fest, which, I mean, I don't really care because we've got a Superman-esque character in it. And it looks like we're going to get uh, basically the Superman movie that we haven't gotten yet. Okay. Because then when, when those lasers are shooting out of his eyes and you see the expression on his face, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what fucking Superman should look like mm-hmm. doing like. Just crazy shit flying through the air, not looking too unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, Man of Steel is just wanting destruction everywhere. It was just a lot. 
to it take was a lot it was a lot that guy kind of looks like the actor that plays winter soldier to me sebastian you stan so? is that his looks name like sebastian stan to me yeah like when i first saw the trailer i thought that Sama hayek was talking to winter soldier i was like why is she talking to winter soldier yeah, why is she talking to that guy huh yeah they, they look a lot alike to me for some reason but then as it went on and i heard his voice i was like oh this is a different dude okay. yeah that's uh that's rob stark baby yeah yeah, yeah. looking like sebastian to right me. him and john snow are in this wow game of thrones yeah, it's getting worse. good for them baby. good for them maybe <laughs> we can see khaleesi mother of dragons mm. in a future marvel property who should khaleesi right. play Ooh, you know what? Dagger. Cloak and dagger. Dagger, yeah. She'd be a good dagger, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I know Marvel usually comes through, even on its most mediocre stuff, it's still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't really have any attachment to the immor- Eternals. I don't even know what their name uh-huh. is. I'm like Immortals. Right, the Immortals. <laughs> like an old man. Well, yeah, I'm going to go see those uh, forever people. <laughs> them em- that Nintendo them- 5. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of fandom surrounding Guardians of the Galaxy, and that won me over almost immediately. So, mm-hmm. But then again, James Gunn. Who's directing this? Do you recall? Oh, I just I just had her name. Uh, yeah, I feel uh, like... Chloe Shaw, I think. Is her she's name. won a lot of awards, I thought, because yeah. they were kind uh-huh. of Academy Award or some kind of award-winning director. Chloe, kicking butt. So, yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. We'll, we'll see how it goes. My hype level is kind of low for this one, at least for right now. So. Yeah, I know Marvel has not missed in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't produced a mediocre property in a long time, or outright bad property since I think what Thor: The Dark World was the yeah. last like bad Marvel movie. And even then, when I go back and watch it, I don't mind it. It's okay. I, I, you didn't enjoy. I only watched it once. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't watch. But it again, then again, I'm one of the few people that doesn't hate Age of Ultron. I don't hate it either. So many people hate that movie. I mean, how can you hate it? The Hulkbusters. <laughs> I don't know. If for just that. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. All right. Well, video games. It's a video game oh. podcast. We play video games. We do. You played video games this week. What'd you play? I did. Okay. So I jumped back into Yakuza 5. Okay. It is much, 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 much different from Judgment because it is a much older game. True. And I forgot how fucking hard they are. Mm. like the enemies take hits they block everything Uh, let's see i ran into a random enemy on the street and they just kept calling in reinforcements kept calling them in i was like oh my god leave me alone i want to get to this mission so i can get through this game Mm -hmm. but all in all i actually ended up putting it on easy because i was just tired of it because i got to a boss fight and he just he kept kicking my ass and i'm like this shouldn't be this difficult i'm sorry I don't want to have to resort to doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. just to get hits in because they won't let you get a full combo off in a boss fight. But these motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. So I've been playing that. I jumped into Beautiful Joe 2 since I put the PlayStation 3 in the living room. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Act 4 or Real 4, I think. And I'm really enjoying it. I've never beaten Beautiful Joe 1 or 2. I've always only played just a little bit of them. So I really love these games. The mechanics are great. They're actually kind of tough sometimes. <laughs> and playing on backwards compatible PS3, I think that the button inputs lag a little bit. Mm. Actually, no, they definitely do. Did you try plugging in the controller and seeing if that helps? I did not. Give that a shot. Because I've noticed on some PlayStation titles, because the Bluetooth, the connection technology of PS3 just seems to be kind of wonky in general. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a programming issue because it doesn't track from game to game. But try just plugging it in, like how you charge it and see if that works, maybe. Okay. Yeah, because I'll like jump and then he'll take a second, then he'll jump and then I'll double jump. Then I'm trying to kick and I'm like, oh, now I got to readjust the way that I play to match this latency issue. So, And it's an action game. You can't have that in an action game. Right. Especially one featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Exactly. Is Dante in one or two? I think he's in, I don't remember. But I haven't seen him in this one yet, so maybe after you beat it, you unlock him or something. I don't know. I think he's in two, because I remember a buddy of mine got me two on the GameCube, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I kind of want on PS2. He goes, well, I thought you preferred it on your games on GameCube because they load faster. And I was like, I do. However, Beautiful Joe 2 features Dante from the Devil May Cry series. There you go. <laughs> Put the sticker <laughs> well, on damn there. damn it, Michael. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's Beautiful Joe. And the last game that I've been playing that I put most of my time into 
uh-huh. this week is Legend of Lagaya on the PS1. Hey! Oh my goodness, where do I start? First of all, the sound design in this game is nuts. Every sound for every single thing just sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Using an item, hitting an enemy, the noises that enemies make when they attack, using magic. It's just all, it sounds very beautiful. Graphics for the time, at least in battle, look really good. Outside okay. of battle, looks like Final Fantasy VII. Mm. The original Final Fantasy VII. So, you know. Mm. But I don't know what it is. It's a very nostalgic game for me. And it mm. holds a near and dear place to my heart. Because at the time when I played it, it was my best friend. He was my neighbor. He had the game. And I would go over and I would play it, watch him play it. And I saw him get through most of it. But I don't remember a lot of it. But it was just, it was at a time in my life where there was not a whole lot of good things happening. I was like 10 to 12 years old. This was one of those things where I was just like, this is the best right now. So uh, now at 31, (laughs) I'm going through for the first time, well, the second try and going to beat the entire game. And I think the last time I tried, I put 25 hours in. I'm like 12 hours in right now. Mm. So I just can't wait. Yeah, you kind of got me wanting to play Legend of Lagaya. Yeah. I want to check that out. Are you playing on your PlayStation 3? yeah okay yeah i watched a video that showed like some late game stuff that i've never seen before i was like you can do that in late game oh my god i gotta get through this game so when i'm done with it you can definitely borrow it if you don't already have like a ROM. i think i have it on my classic yeah yeah it's actually the story aside everything else about it is really good Mm. combat's really good the only thing that i would put against it is sometimes the battles take too long yeah yeah suffers that old ps1 jrpg curse the battle's taking too long and save points not healing you (laughs) Mm, i see okay yeah so it's like uh you gotta get get to a save point but you still have to use all your items and your magic and stuff to heal yourself after a boss fight you gotta find a save point and patch up those old school tropes but i'm really enjoying it and I want to have it beat before Tales of Arise come out. I want to have all three of these games beat before Tales of Arise comes out next month. So Good luck to you, sir. Wish me luck on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I got into some multiplayer stuff this week. I got to play the Back for Blood beta with yeah. the Gamer Friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to... Mm, no. We didn't hear that, luckily. They must have fixed it. We didn't hear it. Yeah. But I played with Big Nakuruma, Audio Nerd 64, and Nerdy. And Nerdy, Nerdy's on their Discord and, and one of their uh, patrons. Pretty cool guy. Plays a lot of cyberpunk. Posts some really good-looking pictures, actually, on the Discord. Mm. Back for Blood is, for all intents and purposes, it's Left for Dead 3, man. Yeah. It feels a lot like it. I don't have a lot of comparison because I didn't play a, a ton of Left for Dead. But from what I've seen and what I have played of it, it feels very much like it. There are some extra features, like... You can pick up money, which can be used to buy weapons or add-ons and stuff in this chest at the end of every level. Because just like Left 4 Dead, it's kind of story-based. You go from point A to point B to get to a safe house. You may do some missions along the way. Maybe hold this point or blow up this boat, whatever, whatever. And then when you get to the safe house, there's this chest where you can buy stuff. And you can buy something for the whole team, like increase the whole team's maximum health. Or buy like a gun for yourself. Anything you buy, you'll drop whatever you had before so other friends can look at it and see if they want to pick it up. And then you also have these cards that I guess work for like buffs. Adding to your stamina, adding to your health, you know, adding to damage in certain circumstances or situations. Just different shit like that. And you get to add on more cards as you progress, as long as you keep surviving and go through like each level by level to get through that particular act and finish it. And the beta had a single act that we all went through. So okay. cool. there are some weird difficulty spikes. Sometimes we go into a level and we clear it really easily. Other times we would just get swarmed and go, what the hell? And we have right. to sit and strategize like, oh, hey, guys, I think we we're supposed to go through here, but we didn't notice and they just kept coming or, okay, two of us should go with the other two people to do the bomb thing so we can cover each other, blah, 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 as long as one of us makes it back. You know, like, we had to make some sacrifices of yeah. some of the team members. We ran out of stamina. Like, it's, it's one of those things where you run out of stamina really fast, uh. especially when zombies are chasing you, which is the worst. Like, I'm pretty sure I can run faster, longer than any of the people in Back for Blood, which is unfortunate because it kind of <laughs> kills zombies for a living and also to live. Right. <laughs> 
but I enjoyed the time I had with it. And it, I think it's coming to Game Pass day one for free, but the beta's out now for those who are interested and want to check it out. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. Monday Night Brawl, I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Mm-hmm. and even had uh, somebody come in the chat and follow me and talk about how much they love Moon Knight, and they're looking forward to the new Moon Knight yeah. show. and Or is it a movie? Is it a Moon Knight movie? It's a show. It's a show. Yep. With Oscar Isaac, we were talking about the origins of Moon Knight, and I was playing through the DLC, the Fantastic Four DLC. Not much else to say about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 other than it's not the best one, but it works. Right. And I consider it a brawler. Side to side, I go ahead and play it. For First Time Tuesdays, I played a game called Helmut. The Badass from Hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like this, actually. I'll show you, because you can see. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it a few times. Oh, okay. So it's a roguelike, and you, it's a twin-stick shooter as well. So think Binding of Isaac, almost. And the story okay. is very light. You play as this like German scientist who summons a demon so he can get infinite lives. And the demon agrees, <laughs> but then like reduces you down to a brainstem that's still alive, and then lets all those demons run amok. And then you get adopted by another demon that like helps you inhabit the bodies of other creatures. And then depending on which body you inhabit or unlock, you can use those creatures to fight. And then if you lose all your HP as that particular creature, you can switch to another. Or if you don't have any left, you're back down to being a brainstem and using your little pea shooter. Mm-hmm. So it's um got you know like eight bit pixel art. It's not really for me. It's super, super hard. It probably gets easier as you go through it, but without much of a story, I've just played better games. I mean, I'm going to talk about Hades in a minute, but there's a lot of games that have that gameplay or that formula that push you to go forward for more than just the gameplay. And if that's all you're into, like if you just love the twin stick shooter gameplay and you don't really care much about story, it's decent. It's definitely serviceable and you can probably get it for fairly cheap if I'm not mistaken. I ended up picking it up on a humbug a while back for like 15 bucks, maybe. And I got the physical version. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I finished boyfriend dungeon. Ooh. I'm mad. There's that sound again. <laughs> People were asking <laughs> us about that sound. What is that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's Derek being excited about boyfriend right. dungeon. Yeah. How can you not be? But yeah, I maxed out my love uh, stats, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I maxed out my bond <laughs> level, I guess. Like if you want to use persona, I maxed out my love for you. <laughs> I maxed out my relationship status with all the beautiful boys. There's a girl that you can date. There's a few non-binary people that you can date. And what I really like about this game, I feel like what turns me off from dating simulators in general is it just feels like a visual novel with a wall of text Uh that you have to kind of get through. And some of it can be interesting. Some of it might not be. But I feel almost like maybe I should just be watching a movie. Like for some, it's just a it's a real drive to like interact and date different people and i get that but what i liked about this is it scratched that persona itch because when i went on a date with a weapon at the end of the date the bond would increase and the weapon would get a new ability Mm. so each time i went on a date it actually made both of us stronger in the dungeon and the dates are not like the shortest things ever but they're fairly short you can probably if you were just if you don't care about the dating sim at all you could mash through the date probably in like 30 seconds if you just kept hitting x yeah but i really like the stories and i like the personalities of the different people and going on dates to get the different abilities you can date all the weapons simultaneously none of them get jealous a lot of times they'll all show up to the same cookout and they're like oh you brought what's her face that's great see you later kissing on the cheek and they'll walk out the door it's like a very polyamorous community there right. in venice beach like we're um, weapons. who cares <laughs> and the story kind of comes together at the end and you figure out why weapons are being kidnapped and showing up in dungeons looking damaged and you get like the story behind that i won't ruin anything but i will say that it's a short game i probably completed it in around 10 hours or less mm-hmm. i'm not really 100 sure maybe 10 to 15 it feels complete there's a beginning middle and an end but it also feels abridged I feel like they could have done a lot more at this game, but I think it's just indie games. Time and money are a factor, and this was kickstarted. But with the money that they had available to them and the resources, they put a lot into it using very simple aspects from both dungeon crawling and dating sims. They're both babies first of each, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So if you love dating sims, but you're not really good at dungeon crawling, I would still recommend it. If you love dungeon crawling, but you're not good at dating sims, it's a good way to introduce you to one or the other without kind of completely alienating people who are not 100% familiar with both, right? Yeah. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Let's see, what else? I played Obscure last Friday for Friday Night Frights. 
And it's good. You know, it plays a lot like Resident Evil, except for it can be multiplayer. So you always have at least one other person with you. Uh And you're going around a school trying to figure out why there are monsters attacking people because one of your friends goes missing. You will find keys or, or items to progress like you normally would. And then you do actually have to fight monsters. There's a little Alan Wake thing going where the monsters come with yeah. darkness and you can shine your flashlight on them before you attack them. And every huh. character has a unique ability. Like one character might heal themselves or other people for more health than a normal character would. One character might have a special attack or a stronger melee attack. One character literally tells you if you press their special button if there's any items left to be picked up in a particular room. So they operate like the map in Latter-day Resident Evils where the map yeah. will change color if you got all the items. He'll just go... Ain't nothing else for us to find in here, yeah. uh, which is, you know, pretty neat. Uh, one character who is kind of useless will lockpick things slightly faster. Eh. <laughs> I never use that guy. Did. Yeah. What's funny <laughs> is very early on, I noticed, and it really got solidified as I played, that the developers are kind of obsessed with South Park. Yeah. South Park at the time. So this is this game um, came came out around, I want to say, 2000, 2003? I don't know. Probably. What? What's the shelf life of the PlayStation? Maybe 2007? I don't know how long the PlayStation 2 went. I think it but, went to uh, yeah, 2007. So think about South Park around the time and how there was that episode where they're like, looks like we got into a sticky situation. That was like a phrase from South Park. One of the uh-huh. characters says that after they get some more of the story from a teacher. Like, looks like we're in a sticky situation. This is literally after he was attacked by monsters. Like a life or death situation. <laughs> One of the characters is named Stan. Another character's name is Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Garrison is a teacher at the school. Wow. Yeah, they went in. Yeah. They went in for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't do all that, but they slipped in Easter eggs here and there. So if you're low-key a fan of classic South Park and horror games, maybe check it out. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it better than Ghost Hunter, I have to admit. Oh, I enjoyed okay. it. Yeah, and it looks pretty High good. High praise. Ghost Hunter was very good. Yeah, it was neat. It was decent. <laughs> and then as far as like my casual game and the game I've been playing mostly, is it's Hades. Hades came out on Xbox. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. I fucking love Hades. I'm playing through it again because I can't get enough. And it's like an excuse to play through it, maybe get some Achievos while I'm at it. Yeah. One thing I'm doing differently with this run through, do you know about, I know you don't know a ton about Hades, but you know that there's a God mode and what that does? Uh, No, I don't. Okay, I'll explain it, because this is kind of cool. So, in my original run-through on the Nintendo Switch, I didn't use God Mode out of pride. But essentially, every single time you die, if you have God Mode activated, you gain 2% to damage reduction. Oh. So, the more you die, the slightly easier the game gets. Not by a big chunk, because 2% really isn't much in the grand scheme of things. But it builds up the more you die, obviously. Right. So it's basically a way, if you don't want to slow grind through it and you want to fast track, which on my second playthrough, I want to fast track. I put God Mode on this time and I've died so much. I think they start you at 20% damage reduction, but I died so much. I think I'm like 38%. <laughs> that tells you anything. And it does speed things along. I find that I was I was getting through the dungeon a little faster than I normally would. And the game is being a little bit more forgiving. It's still hard. The thing is, it still right. scales. And you're going to get good setups and bad setups with the random boons that you pick up and the weapons you pick up and getting familiar things and unlocking abilities in the mirror and all this stuff. Uh-huh. It's a game that starts off at its hardest difficulty and gets easier the more that you play it. Whereas most games, of course, start off easy and get harder the more you play right. it. So it's, it's kind of interesting in that dynamic. So okay. for folks who started it and stopped it because it was tough or frustrating, I'd say stick with it. If it hasn't already encouraged you to do so or try out God mode, if you feel like that that might help take the sting out of dying, because, again, dying helps move the story along. That's kind of the point of the game and why I really enjoy it. So I might yeah, try that, that. Might try yeah. me some God mode. Yeah. So and I got I got some information about Hades a little bit later on in gaming news. But speaking of gaming news, I think it's about time for gaming news. <laughs> news for gamers this Ooh. week. Gaming news. Something in particular happened just recently I know you're very excited to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So you can do that now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The new Unreal Engine 5 trailer for Black Myth Wukong dropped. And what can I say? It looks even better than that first 13-minute trailer we got. We got another 13 minutes here. They Mm -hmm. showed us a lot. Yeah. A lot of different monster designs and bosses, for sure. Yeah, and most uh, outstandingly, the one that caught my attention the most was that dragon. 
Oh my god, the dragon looks so fucking cool. Yeah, the electricity dragon on the frozen lake. Yes. That was a cool battle I was for like, sure. Oh, it looks like a Shinron, like Dragon Ball dragon. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Chinese and, dragon for sure. Yeah, right. And showing like his abilities, extending his pole to climb up it, and oh, what else did he do? He made like a fire circle to keep an enemy from getting to him. It just looks really cool, and it doesn't look like a Souls type game where it's going to be really hard. It borrows some elements from Souls, right? You know, as far as, like, framing and the camera, and it looks like there might be stamina, but you're right. I noticed when he was taking hits, it wasn't, like, him taking what would equate to two hits and he's dead and having to constantly heal. Right. Yeah. There were effects to his health bar, and there was definitely, like, you could probably get bodied pretty quickly if you don't pay attention, but it did seem forgiving and that you could trade blows a bit, which is something you do not want to do in a Souls game exactly so that that excites me because i yeah i know the souls games are good don't get me wrong i know they're good i'm just no good at them (laughs) hey same here brother right like bloodborne i think bloodborne is an amazing game that i've only managed to get to father gascon (laughs) as soon as he turned into the feral beast i was just like nope nope fuck this game nope nope. watch it on youtube now thank you exactly but yeah it, it looks it looks great man i I don't know what else to say, but what did you think? Yeah, I thought it looked fantastic. I thought that they showed less abilities off than they did in the first trailer. In the first trailer, it seemed like he had a bigger bag of tricks. Uh-huh. So I don't know if they just scaled back on his abilities or just wanting to show them. But that said, it does look great. I love the battle with the other monkey-like creature with the sword in the snow. I thought uh-huh. the snow effects yeah. were fantastic. The snow effects were amazing. It looks like you can also turn into a bat and fly around, like in the previous one where you could turn into, uh, what was it, a locust? or uh-huh mm-hmm. it was uh cicada golden cicada, cicada. Yeah, yeah so yeah i mean the only thing we need now is a release date right right and like what consoles it's going to be on if it's yeah. even going to be on consoles because if it just not going to be comes out on and it's like going to be on pc <laughs> and that's coming straight like, to steam deck <laughs> <laughs> then i would buy a steam deck no nah, you'd buy a steam deck for wukong yeah can you plug a steam deck into yes. a yes. tv yes okay then yes, then yes, I would think of it as a laptop, a gaming laptop. You okay. can do everything with the with the Steam Deck that you can do with a gaming laptop, including change your operating I, system if you want to, if you really want to get fancy. So yeah, I'll buy a Steam Deck for WooCall. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> I'll remember what you said. Call Valve right, right now. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, you know, I don't really have a uh, segue. There's just no segue. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking What's of next? Steam Deck, you know what you can play on Steam Deck? Skyrim. And you're going to want to because Skyrim 10 year anniversary edition comes out. They are releasing it again. The game that keeps on giving. Doesn't it, though? So the the 10 year anniversary edition of Skyrim is going to come out, I think, literally day and date from when it came out 10 years ago. It's coming out in November. I think it came out November 11th back in 2011, right? It was 11, 11, 11. So I think so, too. It's going to be on PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, as well as PlayStation 4. Now, this is notable because they make a point to say that it's backwards compatible on PlayStation 5, but it doesn't say it's coming out on PlayStation 5. So is Xbox Series X the only one that's getting a next-gen actual version of the game or on PC? I don't know. Interesting, right? Seems that way, yeah. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Maybe they just didn't want to put that text on the screen. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's (laughs) cool. Oh, no, 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 no. Because it's Bethesda. Well, I was literally going to say that. Yeah. I think it's cool that Bethesda is allowing PlayStation owners to get access to it because they could just gatekeep and go, nah, you need to get an Xbox now, bro. But I think that's kind of dumb. (laughs) It's like, hey, this 10-year-old game that you've played a million times, if you want to play it again, you're going to have to buy a $500 system. Fuck you. Right. So, So, no, they're making it available for PlayStation 4, but notably not natively on PlayStation 5. It's just backwards compatible. Whereas it specifically states available for Xbox One and Series S and X. So just yeah. saying. Now, and he, I was okay. going to say, does it add anything? Of I me? was literally getting to that when you so rudely <laughs> interrupted me. No, I'm fine. sorry. <laughs> so it includes 500 pieces of Creation Club content. Now, if you recall, Creation what? Club from the special edition, Creation Club is like the thing they put together to legitimize mods, basically. Right. Yeah. So you're probably not going to get in this creation club content. You're probably not going to get Thomas the Tank Engine Dragons. Uh But 
for people who made content that was approved or licensed by creation club you're getting stuff like additional quests additional dungeons bosses weapons spells just more shit that maybe wasn't necessarily developed by bethesda but by users that were upvoted or they were in the creation club officially or whatever whatever do you remember that whole kerfluffle about creation club and the dlc Uh special okay so yeah that stuff and people who own the special edition can upgrade to the anniversary collection at an currently undisclosed cost so not for free it's gonna cost money but they're not saying how much money it's gonna be so (laughs) (laughs) right i can anyways more good news Fans of Quake rejoice. The 4K remaster on PlayStation, on Xbox. They say it's on Switch, but what? On PC. <laughs> $10. And of course, if you have Game Pass, Quake 1, Quake 2, Quake 3 Arena on that Game Pass. Awesome. Get it. So, yeah, it's the best that Quake has ever looked and ran, save for maybe PC. Don't at me. And it's out right now. Awesome. I'm probably going to try it out sometime this yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to try it out sometime. It even has the original Trent Reznor soundtrack, I heard. Okay. So, lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, for those not in the know. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, awesome. yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to be checking that out this week. But uh, just a heads up that that happened. And to me, it was like out of nowhere. I guess it had an event or, or a press release or something. Mm-hmm. Cool, you know? Yeah. And speaking of releases, just a little reminder. Today, as of the day of recording, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is out. Oh, yeah. Go get it. Go get it. Although I heard, and hopefully I heard wrong, that you first have to pay, if you have the original Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 4, you have to pay $20 for the director's cut of the PlayStation 4 version, and then an additional $10 to upgrade to PS5, making it a total of $30. Is that true? Did you see anything? I don't know. I hope not. I saw somebody bitching about it on Facebook. I don't know if it's true or not, because people on Facebook, you know. They just well, read things Facebook. and they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's like Twitter, but less legit and more boomerish. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so some, of the, some of the gaming groups I mean, are just like, what? Yeah, they're very gatekeepy and angry. Yeah. They're like, I'm a gamer, but I only play Fortnite. You're not a gamer. I'm like, really? That's what we're doing? Right. 2021? <laughs> Listen, people, if you're a grandmother that puts together jigsaw puzzles in your spare time, to me, you're a gamer. Yeah, you're Tetris, baby. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if you play Candy Crush on your phone or if you stream the highest end PC games for an audience of thousands. Like being a gamer just literally means playing video games and enjoying video games. Why are we so gatekeepy? Yeah. At the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. Why do you care? Let me say that. Why do you care? (laughs) Why do you care? So I'm going to take this soapbox and put it away and we'll go to the next thing. (laughs) So there's a new emulator running on Xbox Series X called Duck Station. You have to put it in developer mode and add it in. You got to do some things. It's not out the box. It's not officially supported by Microsoft, obviously. But what's notable about Duck Station, if you can't tell from the name, it allows you to run PS1 games on your Xbox. It's pretty cool. Uh, pretty hilarious because PS5 yeah. cannot do that <laughs> yet. So they Xbox literally beat PS5 to playing PlayStation 1 games. Ha ha. Wow. I haven't tried it out, but I think I'm going to try and run that on my Series X this week to see if it plays physical PlayStation 1 discs or if it has to be ISOs. Oh, that would be crazy. That would, oh, Dude. And the cool thing is, is this emulator will run things at 60 frames per second in 4K. Now, a lot of these games were not designed for 60 frames, so I think what it's doing is just overclocking the CPU to make it run faster, which may or may not look good. But it's got some interesting mapping upgrades and features, so for games that are taking advantage of the 3D more, like, say, Metal Gear, they look pretty crisp, I hear. Okay. So I'm going to be testing that shit out. I'm super curious on how this is going to work. I just haven't had time to do it this week. So look forward to that. Or, you know... I'm sure people are putting up videos as we speak. Maybe I'll put something up on TikTok. Speaking of TikTok, just a quick aside. Dude, we have almost 140 followers on TikTok. I saw. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's so exciting. We're getting those numbers up, baby. Yeah. Get a little community there in TikTok. I love it. I try to post at least one video a day. You've been putting them up too. And I love that of all of the variety of videos we put up, most of them get pretty good traction. 
Yeah. There's only a few here or there that haven't really picked up steam, but for the most part, people are into it. They're commenting, they're liking, they're sharing. Yeah. We got stitched at one point. I was like, whoa, somebody stitched oh, us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So love TikTok, even though they're problematic. They are very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I spoke on Hades earlier. This, I think, is of note because I've seen that in a lot of headlines and they're trying to make some kind of point that I don't agree with. Hades came out on PlayStation and Xbox, as I spoke about earlier. Sales numbers are out. 93% of Hades sales have been on PlayStation, either PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. So you combine those sales together, 93% on PlayStation versus Xbox. But, like, duh. It's on Games Pass. Yeah. Like, you're not going to buy it if it's on Game Pass. Some of these articles even admitted, well, yeah, Xbox likely gives the developer and the publisher money to put it on Games Pass, but we don't know how much. So are they actually making more money having it on Game Pass and selling it, or is it one or the other? We'll never know because they don't release numbers. I feel like more people are going to download and play it and enjoy it than normally wouldn't because it's less riskier too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of games on Game Pass that I played that I probably never would have bought, at least not as early, right? Right. And I'm playing through it again, and I feel like, and I've heard this from a few outlets, so if anybody out there knows for sure and I'm wrong, let me know. But part of the compensation that goes to people who get their games on Xbox Gold, Games with Gold, or PlayStation Plus, or Game Pass, it has to do with how many of those copies are downloaded, right? Right. Because you're a big download draw, which means you're a draw for the service, which means you get a bigger piece of that pie. I don't think they just give you a certain amount of money up front, and then it doesn't really matter how well you do, right? Right. Yeah. I think I think there's incentives and an increase in compensation as you get more downloads. Now, I could be wrong, but that should be how it's done because, again, that will prove that'll be proof of concept for why Game Pass is so successful. But the thing is, it is successful. They continue to get first-party games, third-party games, indie games – Day one in most cases, yeah. and they continue to get so. I mean, if it wasn't for Game Pass, I literally wouldn't have a Series X. I'm just yeah. saying, so mm-hmm. it's worth it to somebody. So I don't know. I I feel like those articles are trying to say that ooh, PlayStation's better because they're actually getting indie games the money because people are buying it. But it's just like, yeah, if you had to buy it on either Xbox or PlayStation, I think those numbers would shake out less. In fact, the fact that it's 7% of people bought it, they were like, I love this so much, I'm just going to buy it outright. Kind of cool. Right. So, yeah. I think next time I see a Series S, I'm going to buy it. Yeah? And get Games Pass. I think It's so. good stuff, dude. It I is. Know. I know you're hearing about me like gush about Games Pass every week, but like, it's good. Yeah, I'm just like, and oh, also, I, want, I want some. I refuse to say it correctly sometimes. I know it's Game Pass. I like saying, Games Pass rolls Games off Pass. the tongue, I yeah, think, better. Yeah, So... If you're out there screaming, Game Pass, just know that I know. I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last thing that happened this week of note to you and me, of course, is Pokemon Presents. Mm -hmm. What do they present us? A lot of stuff. It was a lot more robust than I expected it to be. Now, we had info on Unite, extra characters and updates. I don't really care much for Unite. I mean, a lot of people on the Gamer Friends Discord are playing it. They seem to be really enjoying it. I'm not into games with a lot of microtransactions it seems like through updates they have balanced the game out and it's less pay to win than it originally was but Uh the fact that it was paid to win at all has kind of scared me away from it maybe i'll get around to it eventually they had updates on go they had updates on cafe remix they had updates on masters ex i'm not really i didn't come to pokemon presents for any of that it's not what so, I'm here for. Yeah, if you want to see the updates on that, go watch the Presents. It's actually, it's presented well. It's colorful. It's fun. I like watching it. What I really came for was the updates on Diamond and Pearl and Arceus, and I got those too. Yeah. So what's really cool is just like with the original release and the Special Edition DS, you're going to be able to buy a Special Edition Pokemon Diamond and Pearl Switch Lite this November. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And then a more robust trailer showing that all of the features in the original game are included. So the underground is actually expanded and you can get a secret base and decorate it just like you could in the original game. But here's the kicker. Depending on how you decorate your secret base in the underground, different Pokemon will show up in the underground that you can go and catch that are different from what you'll see in the regular Sinnoh region. I was like, that's cool. Like I saw like, you know, they changed the theme where there was like fire Pokemon and then there was like some grass or whatever. Somebody caught a Hound Doom. I was like, cool. I'm into that. 
Houndoom's one of my favorites. Me too. I love Houndoom. Yeah. I think it's great. Houndoom with a flamethrower. Get out of here. Yeah. The contests that I kind of skipped when I did my Nuzlocke, those are in the game. And that's actually kind of cool because, again, it's expanded graphics-wise and there's like mini games yeah. and things. So it looks a lot more robust and fun to actually play. So I might get into contests this time around just because of how they fleshed it out, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it just looks like the original game. You know, the overhead and the map are kind of one-to-one. They just increased the graphics there, which I know pissed a lot of people off, but whatever. Yeah. yeah and like, then it, the it battles are more, you know, X and Y or Sun and Moon or more recently Sword and Shield. Like, that's how that looks. So, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Right. Yeah, looks interesting. I uh, may try it out. I'm not really into Pokemon like I used to be, though. Yeah, I feel you. So I know. Yeah. We all fall off sometime. I get it, man. I didn't even play the Sword and Shield DLC yet, which is crazy for me. I usually jump on shit like that. Right. Arceus looks really good, though. People are still complaining about the graphics. I mean, where are you at? You're making a face. I mean, the graphics look fine and everything. It's just, at its core, it just looks like another Pokemon game. Like, yes, they added Pokemon will actually attack your character and you can dodge and Mm -hmm. maybe you can block attacks. Can you block attacks that Pokemon shoot at your pokemon or how i think if you're in a traditional battle then it's the pokemon fighting on your behalf because you're like stationary and it looks more like it would in like a regular mainline pokemon game yeah because the thing is there are some pokemon that are aggressive that in order to catch them you have to stick a pokemon on them and weaken them first and then there are others that are non-aggressive that you can sneak up to and you know chuck a pokeball at which i like that there's both different kinds that's kind of cool Oh, speaking of which, I forgot to mention Diamond and Pearl. Pokemon will follow you around. Any Pokemon you can catch oh, cool. can follow you around, a la Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yes, nice, love it. Okay, back to Arceus. What interests me about Arceus is the research factor. Every Pokemon game, as you know, is about filling up your Pokédex, right? Right. And that's cool. You you catch a new Pokemon, your Pokédex comes up, burr, 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 sucks the souls of the elders, whatever, whatever. Okay, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck, dark bullshit. Okay. With this, though, because you're literally working with the very first professor and you have like a whole league of people that are like, we need to chart Pokemon. They're dangerous as fuck. We we don't know how to live with them. Right. Like it's not they're not integrated in society. It's wild as shit. Right. Right. So it counts how many Pokemon you catch, the attacks and stuff that you witness. I mean, imagine if you mashed in Pokemon Snap with catching Pokemon in the Pokedex with almost No Man's Sky where you're out there just researching shit. It feels yeah. like you're one of the first professors really learning all this shit that we know about Pokemon now through observing them, catching them, fighting with them, interacting with them, traveling the world. And the world itself is kind of it's more like Breath of the Wild. It's one to one. You're out there exploring. So it feels more like hunting and, and exploring rather than random battles and shit like that. You know, right. it just yeah. feels more tangible. And I really like the research aspect. And I like collecting data and I like learning shit about animals and shit like I don't know. The, the aspect of that is what's most attractive to me about Arceus and why I'll definitely okay. get it for sure, because I, I just I'm really drawn to that type of gameplay, I guess. OK, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that story do. OK, I don't know if it'll do a whole lot, but, you know, yeah, never know. OK, well, let's move on then. We got some listen to stuff. Listen to questions. Woo! Listen to questions. Really interesting one via email this week from Philip F. OK, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. What arcade machine would you get if space and moving it was not a factor? Okay. So, okay. Because <laughs> there are a lot, but I'm going to narrow it down to three. Okay. okay. You're going to cheat gonna, like I'm last week, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to talk at length about each one of them. Okay. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 being the first one. Okay. Obvious. I love a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 ta- cabinet. Moving on to number two, Time Crisis. I would love, 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 love a Time Crisis one. Mm-hmm. But... My absolute number one would be Jurassic Park. The, the big one. one where you sit. The big like, one where yeah. you get inside, <laughs> close the curtain, yeah. and you just shoot the light guns at it. That, to me, is like, that's quintessential young Chuck E. Cheese Discovery Zone type shit mm. that everyone needs to experience as a kid at least once. For sure. I just remember, I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese and just being like, Mom, I need more coins because I need to play Jurassic Park. T-Rex keeps getting me. I got, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sorry. No, that's good. That your your pop filter is like the, that's the boss this Jenkins. week that we have to fight. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I also remember like playing Sonic. Remember Sonic Fighters? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Playing that. But uh, yeah, absolutely number one Jurassic Park, The Lost World. I actually saw a pawn shop in town that had that actual cabinet for the longest time. And I was like, mm. if I had the space, <laughs> it would be mine. But right. for real, like, how are you getting that into a house unless you've got... That's going like, in your garage, Double dude. wide, right, double wide doors or something. Like, you have yeah. to have... You'd have to tear crazy... it up. You have to tear it down right. and build it up. Like, there's just no other way. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's actually a really good one. I didn't think about those, but there's a lot of games that follow that format, too. So yeah. let's assume that you can hack them and put multiple games in them, too. That'd be neat. Yeah. So for me... Definitely Time Crisis. Time Crisis 2 specifically with the pedal and the gun that, you know, like vibrates when you fire it. I have to Mm -hmm. have that. I'm putting all the shooter games into it, right? I'll do three, too, since you did three. The X-Men Extra Wide Cabinet with the six players. Got to get one of those and then load it up with beat-em-ups. Even if it doesn't have the full six characters, it'll have enough for everybody, right? That'd be amazing. And then finally, I've always wanted one of these. If I could get any arcade machine regardless of size or price or whatever i would get one of those fucking afterburner machines where you sit in the cockpit and it like moves you Uh around and shit you know what i'm talking about and (laughs) vibrates crazy oh my god dog fighting arcade machine that'd be amazing i'd love it uh one of these days how poor we are in comparison to the things we want (laughs) yeah maybe one day man this business of yours has taken off Little by yeah, little, yeah. dude. I had to do like my gross income and for tax stuff and mm-hmm. expenses and all that, and uh, not bad. Growth is happening. Not bad, yeah. yeah, yeah. The growth is definitely happening. So I'm excited for the future. That's excellent, business. man. And I just working for myself. It's yeah. beautiful. I can only imagine. Very envious of that. But congrats, yeah. man. It's great. Thanks. All right, so the other listener feedback we have, Ron B. writes in about Mr. Robot again. He loves Mr. Robot, and he's like, you got to stick with it, man. He was listening to me describing it, and and he knows how where the show is going to go, obviously. And he's like, dude, it's going to blow your mind. It gets deeper. It gets crazier. You got to stick. It's so much more than what it seems early on, which I hope that's true because I continued to watch it this week, and it's getting worse. Like, the writing is getting really bad. All the characters are doing dumb shit. And I'm just like, this sucks. (laughs) I kind of hate it now. So I'm going to take his advice and try to stick with it. But I'm not enjoying myself at this point. It's just the writing and the characters are all taking a turn. And they're making a lot of dumb decisions. And I don't know. It started off already kind of suspect because it was so edgelordy. Like, society. Fuck society. All right, guy. I get it. You're... you're angry young Whitman and and you just you want to change the world (laughs) it's like watching falling down but for Gen Zers I guess I don't know right so we'll see how it goes I'll stick with it Ron B don't worry I'll let you know and I'll give you those updates man I want to like it I do I really do and again it got really good reviews online people say it really sticks to the landing you know me about shows that stick in the landing yeah (sighs) but speaking of things that we're enjoying every week I gotta reach out and I gotta ask you man what exactly this week Good sir, my friend Derek. What are you feeling? I am feeling Batman The Long Halloween, part one and two. This is the latest DC animated movie. It's a two-parter. It's an adaptation of the Long Halloween Batman comic from, I think, the 90s. Mm. It's a story about Batman, Jim Gordon, and Harvey Dent. There's someone going around killing members of the Falcone family. The three of them are in this like brotherhood bond trying to figure out who's doing it and there's a lot of twists and turns it's more of like a crime drama than a normal batman film that you would see like with all the super like there are super villains in it mm. but they're not the main focus the main focus is that crime family drama it was kind of refreshing and i really enjoyed it it's two parts so it's like three hours all together mm-hmm. but it's when i found that i actually found the second part of it today and i was like yes yes i can finish it because <laughs> cool. i was looking for it used so I finished it. It was great. And yeah, that's what I'm feeling this week, man. I say this all the time. DC animated movies just hit so much different than the live action stuff. That's true. Like even the bad DC movies, animated movies, are good by comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how Marvel and DC flips when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Marvel used to do animated stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. well, now they're back into it, I guess. But (laughs) like in the early 2000s they were doing animated stuff like iron man doctor strange was good the hulk 
Hulk versus all that stuff. But now DC is just cranking them out. And I think they're doing an Injustice movie next. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. It's fun. It's funny to see Injustice was a video game that became a comic that is now becoming an animated movie. So, yeah, it's like a reverse order. <laughs> right. I'm always, always down to buy DC animated movies. Uh, Vicky was actually saying, why don't they release those in the theaters? And I was like, you know what? That is an excellent idea because I would go to the theater every single time to see hmm. a DC animated film. Every time. But they never yeah. have. I think the last animated film they released was mask of the phantasm which mm. is batman that was in the 90s so how did that do though i thought i think it did well yeah from what i remember but you know maybe they should give it another shot yeah who knows yeah. man you know those those dragon ball movies the anime movies are breaking records and stuff when they mm-hmm. go to the theater and they're only in theaters for like a whole week so i don't know yeah yeah maybe like it has limited to do Blu-ray sales or dvd sales but who knows who know. knows but we can dream so yeah dc if you're listening put that shit in the theater yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this week I got something in the mail that I helped kickstart the unofficial Ami book, and it's this uh, this guy in the UK that works with Ninty Media had taken it upon himself because he loves Amiibos so much to basically write a book and oh, that's cool. Yeah, do like a full color page and facts about each Amiibo that's out. He was even able to include Zelda and Loftwing. And oh, the, cool. the upcoming uh, Metroid Amiibos that are coming out this October. Ooh. Like, see, there's Emmy right there. I'm showing him on the video, Ooh. guys. Sorry. <laughs> now, I did a TikTok on this book. So if you are wanting to see what the book looks like, just go to our TikTok. And the link tree is in the description, so you can find us from there. And I even included in the TikTok a link to buy the book if you're interested. It's only eight pounds, which that plus shipping, you're probably going to pay around maybe 16 bucks. I think for as an Amiibo fan, totally worth it. Right. And I paid a little more since I kickstarted it. But yeah, it's uh, it's a really little neat piece of history. It goes over a lot of stuff like the Toys to Life craze, the history of Amiibo, offshoots of Amiibo, different things like that. Like it's really comprehensive. I was quite impressed when I got it. So yeah, I'm feeling my newest companion book in my uh, video game collection, the unofficial Amiibo Sweet. The only thing that sucks about that is when a new Amiibo comes out, it's <laughs> it's basically outdated. Yeah, they'd have to release a volume two at one point, update, right. right? But that's yeah. okay. I mean, with stuff like this, if you're ever gonna have it, you gotta do it sometime, right? What I love about this, you can tell it's by a person who collects and loves Amiibos because yeah. of some of the descriptions. I mean, as you know, there is a particular Amiibo that I've had a ton of trouble getting. And it's because it's so rare. It's one of the Japanese Amiibo. It's a box boy, what they call Quibi. What I love about this Amiibo book is it discusses Quibi and it calls Quibi the holy grail among Amiibo collectors, (laughs) which I think is so apt. It literally says, This otherwise inoffensive and diminutive cube-shaped character is notable in the Amiibo collecting world for one main reason. He is the holy grail. Released on its own and with 2017's Bye Bye Box Boy for the 3DS, this amiibo is almost impossible to find online for less than 250 pounds. Outside of the competition ones you'll never get, this is where most collectors draw the line. No, you can't have mine. Whilst writing this handbook, I saw someone selling just the packaging for 70 pounds. Wow. Just the packaging. You know, the stuff you encouraged me to throw away. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Shit, I should have hung on the side. I don't know, man. I'm going to throw it in a box. <laughs> Damn it. So, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I love this book so much. Speaking of love, we're going to need to show some love to our sponsors in just a moment. But stick around and we'll be back to close it out. All right. And we're back. What a great ad that was. Still the same one we've been using. But uh, Taco Bell, if you're listening, we will shill for you. It's still a possibility. Oh, yeah. Speaking of shilling, let's shill for ourselves for a minute. Derek, you got your own business. Gamer goodies and more. People need to know what kind of stuff they can get from you, how to get it, how to communicate with you, how to reach out and go, hey, I'm hunting for this. Where can they get in touch with you at? Yeah, so they can send me messages on eBay at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm also on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. I sell everything from video games, toys, collectibles, electronics, basically anything you can think of. I probably sell it. So get on my store, check it out. 
I don't think you'll be disappointed. All right. And as far as the show itself is concerned, you can find us on pretty much all the socials. We're on Facebook.com slash Player 2 is there in the pod. We're on YouTube, Player 2 has entered the podcast. We're on TikTok.com slash at Player 2 has entered the pod. Support our Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Player 2 has entered the pod. And, of course, our main hub where you can listen to us. That's Anchor.fm slash Player 2 has entered the pod. But don't worry because we're available wherever podcasts are available. So that includes Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can contact us by commenting on any of those social media platforms, or you can email us directly at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com for questions, stream suggestions. Maybe you want a guest on the show sometime. Give us some feedback. We love interacting with our listeners, so reach out. And for me personally, you can find me on Twitter at MikePetersonAL, and I do Twitch streaming, twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. I play beat-em-ups, horror games, and all kinds of stuff in between. All the archive streams you can find on YouTube at MC Paper Stacks Plays. And I believe that's our show, Derek. All right. Thanks for coming out and listening to us. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week. Peace.